And now, for some intro music. Welcome to episode number five of the Bits and Pieces podcast. It's very exciting. We made it to number five. That's the big five. The big five. You know, when people celebrate birthdays, it's always it's fives and zeros. Mul- mul- so. Multiples of five. Yes. Apart from uh, 18 and 21. Yes, apart from those two. Anyway, <laughs> this week I am as ever joined by George. Hello. And Gav. Hello. Oh, yes, awesome. How are we doing, guys? I mean, we're back on track with trying to do this regularly, which is quite nice. Well, yeah. I mean, supposedly. Uh, After it took me about two weeks to actually upload the last episode. I'm really I mean, sorry. Keen, keen listeners will obviously have heard our episode four today, so whenever this goes out. Yes. <laughs> and when this we finally might, gets we might uploaded. Be recording episode six. Yeah, I've had some ridiculous internet issues. My, I phoned my uh, provider and they were like, oh, you should be getting. Uh, at least 12 megabytes and I, like i'm getting half <laughs> i can't even Oof. load web pages <laughs> so I've, I've had to call bt and do something and i've had a new router but i can hear you guys so obviously it's working at the moment an experience i do not envy you oh my god it's such a pain they're like are you sure that that's what it is i'm like yes i, can- I literally cannot load google <laughs> anyway well that's that thing i discovered that apparently online like sort of Multi online multiplayer games use a lot less data than I thought. Like, like game, like gaming online for you know, like a couple of hours doesn't mm. even use like a gigabyte of data apparently. Oh, really? which really surprised me. I thought I thought it, I thought it would be fairly data intensive, but apparently not. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I mean, I guess you could probably work it out with a like tick rates, I guess, because isn't that basically what it does? Yeah, well, I think, it, like, I mean, I only learned this because I was, I was reading a Reddit thread on someone that wanted to host a LAN party somewhere remote. I mean, they were, they were escaping into the wilderness to connect to the internet. <laughs> As you do. Uh, and someone was like, oh, well, you'll need to buy a, one of those mobile router things and buy a data plan, but you shouldn't actually need, as mu- like, that much, which surprised me. Oh, well. Cool. Right. Uh, right, the running order for today, because we're amazingly organised, uh, we're going to chat a bit about the games we've been playing recently, and then we're going to talk about, do some book clubbing with the gay, uh, with the book called The Games People Play, and then George has prepared a sort of adventure video game of life game The video thing. game of life, you will yes. have such adventures. I'm looking forward to it already, actually. Uh, but should we kick a quiver things? in anticipation. Yes. Yeah. But should we kick things off with what we've been playing recently? And I can see from my list, George, that you have a lot more than the rest of us. So do you want well, to I've start? Been, I've, I've been playing lots of things in kind of short, short bursts. Um, cool. I guess my most up-to-date thing would be uh, there was a recent XCOM 2 expansion, uh, which I was very excited for. Uh, I absolutely love XCOM 2. Mm. And I'm sure if you listen to any other video game podcasts, at least it seems all the ones I listen to endlessly just talk about Talk about this and Absolver recently. Actually, I feel, I, we feel very unprofessional not mentioning that Battlegrounds got to 10 million players because that seems to be the, wow. lead, the leading point wow. for every. Yeah, be the leading point for every video game podcast I've listened to recently. 
way different. As they say in video game terminology, that is two destinies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is also out, but I don't have it. And I don't think anyone else has it, so... No, no, no. No, no. Because we don't... Uh, apparently don't play video games. Uh, we've not played any of the new games that anyone is talking about. No, just keep well, um, XCOM, XCOM 2 is new. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, so, they re- so XCOM 2 came out March of last year, or spring of last year. Mm. Uh, it was great. And they released a couple of like small DLC packs. Um, yeah. But then this year, uh, they announced this huge... Like what? Like what you would traditionally think of as an expansion? Like this just, just added a huge amount to the game um, because I mean, like a lot of the time, the way X One DLC works is it just gives you stuff that will be fun to play with on your next playthrough, rather than like an extra bit of like a, like a, a next chapter. It's more like you kind of go, you, you know, you play through once, and then you kind of have like a new game plus, and it'll have new features that it adds into new games, so you're kind of always playing the same <clears> game with extra things rather than kind of extra story DLC. Mm. Uh, and this, so this does the same thing, it gives you, like, you're still playing the same campaign but it changes up so much and just kind of slots in loads of new story elements. Cool. Uh, and it's very funny in the way, because basically it adds in these three kind of boss characters which they'd experimented a little bit with before where they added in these kind of uber aliens that were stupidly powerful and could take actions between each individual one of your actions in the game. Oh. Uh, which is particularly deadly because it's, yeah. So that's one, if you don't know, is a uh, turn-based strategy game where you control small squads and fight aliens is the, the gist of it. Uh, and yeah, so this kind of added in a ton more stuff. Uh, it added in a photo booth, lets you take photos of your squads after a successful <laughs> mission, yeah, which is great. <laughs> I kind of saw it and I was like, oh yeah, that looks interesting enough. But it's like it's the actually... most complicated. It has like so much stuff in it. I've oh seen my god, it yeah, it's the most it's extensive like photo booth I've ever seen in any game ever. <laughs> it's like, it's like... well, that's the thing because I saw endless people tweeting about it. I was like, oh, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm sure I'm like, you know, I, I don't, I'm not particularly excited about that. But now, because it, it, every every time you finish a mission, it goes, would you like to take a photo? And I'm like, oh yeah, go on then. And then I end up just spending about as long as the mission, just like posing soldiers. <laughs> And it also celebrates other events. So they've added a like a bonding system. So soldiers can develop bonds with each other. They kind of fight on the same missions. So they can develop cohesion, and you can bond them. And yeah, it's cool. Like it's ambiguous as to what that means in the story. So it could be two soldiers fall in love, or they're particularly great friends. Like it's kind of up to you as the player to decide uh, what you know, the bond means. It's it's weird in XCOM how whenever anyone mentions a feature like, oh, this is a cool thing they've added in the game I immediately think to myself but how will the game use this to fuck me over? <laughs> and so when I hear soldiers can form bonds, immediately I think to myself if one of those soldiers dies the other one is going to become worthless. Oh god, yeah. So I got my fir- the first bond uh, I had two particularly cool like cool ladies. One was this uh, ranger uh, and this and this sniper and I was like, well, you know, they they bonded and I was like, ah, oh. you know, they took they took a little photo together. I gave them their ship name. It was it was lovely. You know, they're posing, and it's nice. great. Uh, and you know, it was going to be this big. It was in this cool motivational poster because when you take photos, they can appear in the levels as uh, XCOM propaganda posters. <laughs> oh, cool. And I was like, ah, oh, amazing. And then they played a mission together. And when you bond, they get um. Like an additional ability where once per game one soldier can pass their action on to the other. 
cool. Which is really cool. So this, so what? So it was a sniper and a ranger kind of partnership, which I thought was, you know, you know, one gets in up close, and one one stays, stays and shoots from afar, uh, and it worked quite well. Like the so the sniper didn't really have, didn't need to move, um, and passed her action on to the ranger, who's really good at like usually get two actions, but the so you can move once and shoot, or like do two moves, and the ranger has an ability where they can do two moves and then take another action. And then with the team thing, they can run their full movement distance, get given another action, do that action, and do their dashing extra thing. So it's like you've got an insane amount of actions because of teamwork. Uh, and then the following mission, she died. Rest in peace. Yeah. Well, actually, sorry, it was the sniper that died because the sniper was so it was in a pretty good position. And it seems to be whoever I assign as my healer, like whoever I give the med packs to, they die. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, you know, she's going to be at the back of, you know, kind of behind the kind of my line of soldiers. So she'll be in a position to heal people and won't be taking too much fire, but out of nowhere kind of got flanked and killed. Oh, and it meant wow. that her partner went into this rage at the, you know, at the loss of her lover. And basically, literally, they, so before sometimes soldiers could get panicked and they might, as a result, just take like a wild shot. And it was kind of this to the next level, so she went berserk, and like you lose control of the soldier, and but yeah, literally she like got up out of cover, charged in and killed and just killed a whole load of aliens. And I was like, I, I feel sorry for her, but that was also pretty cool. <laughs> and then and now and now the game. But now and now she and now she's quite yeah now she's quite sad and I'm devastated because not only is is uh, it a tragic end to their ship, but I've lost my best sniper. <laughs> And fucked up the, your stats. Not every yeah. level is, is covered in her dead friend as well, as a constant reminder. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, you, like when a soldier <laughs> dies, it, it asks you to create a poster to memorialize them. Yeah. Which is also quite sad. But yeah, like it's impressive how they've. I'm also impressed with how they've managed to integrate all of the previous, like, small bits of DLC into this one. Right. Because you, and like, there's options to essentially trim the previous content to make it a bit more manageable to fit into this, like, uber. Expansion, which I think is nice, because sometimes it's a, it's something I sometimes notice with board games where you get lots of expansions that just constantly mm. add more to the game. They just like bolt onto the end, don't they? Yeah, like, and sometimes I think it's like expansion, like often it's usually a board game thing, but expansions need to stop and kind of take something out that they then slot in, so mm. it kind of adds a different feel rather than. It is kind of like. It- yeah, it kind of looked less like a, like an expansion and more like a, like a full sort of revamp and like an alternate way to play. Essentially, like I would still say it's an expansion because it just adds a ton of new stuff, but yeah, but integrates it, kind of... it quite well in the sense that it goes, oh, okay, well you can either have the full experience of the DLCs or you can select the kind of integrated option where we still give you some of the extra DLC stuff from the previous DLCs, but we tone mm-hmm. it down a little bit to kind of be manageable. Yeah, which I think it is just a, it's good. just a nice solution that I think a couple more games could do, but it's less yeah. of a problem with games like because I guess you like stuff like Fallout or that way you, the other games that have like big DLC packs. It's just kind of it's well, just, just e- it's just, an, it's just like an extra thing. It's like yeah. I've got my meal and then the DLC is just like another course. Yeah, just like side stuff rather than uh, integrating into it. Yeah, whereas like a broader like, experience. A lot of the X-Men DLC is kind of you're eating the same meal, but this time it's with a different, different garnish. They've added garnishes and yeah. ingre- like a, so a couple of extra ingredients to 
Get some potatoes. Exactly. Yeah, so, good. but yeah, XCOM Two is great, and I've been playing that off and on. Yeah, um, I've been watching the. Um, well, I've watched the first two episodes of Matt Lee's play and, and Cool Ghost. It's really made me want to get the, the the expansion and play some XCOM Two. Yeah, it is it like it is very really good, and good. It's, a lot and uh, like a lot of the things they add just make like I'm always impressed that they can keep sort of revamping and doing new things with the formula is essentially like a little tabletop miniatures game of. Yeah. Move, move your soldiers. Have your soldiers shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, like how can you do that? But they've added, and they've added. Uh, one of the things they've added is zombies. And oh, yeah, yeah fine. It's one of the things that's like endlessly added to games, but it's done really well in XCOM. So you can mm-hmm. show up on a level, and it's like a ruined city, and there are loads of zombies that have been created by the alien radiation, and they're hostile to both you and the enemies. Um, and it's cool because you. Because initially it's like, well, I've only, you know, my squad is small, and usually I only have just enough actions to deal with the enemies, let alone a horde of zombies. Mm. But it, it kind of, it really gives you that feel of like just surviving with the soldiers. Because yeah. basically, whenever you kill a zombie, it refunds the action, so it basically costs you nothing to shoot and kill a zombie. So it kind of gives that feel of like holding out by just emptying your gun into a horde of zombies, because you can just keep shooting until you have to take an action to reload. Mm. Uh, unless you miss, in which case you don't get the action back. Yeah, that's uh, cool. But yeah, it just it just it just change like it just changes up the the kind of like the decision tree that you get really nicely mm. and makes some sort of just really cool scenarios where like I had a mission where like I was I entered stealth and there were just advent forces being overwhelmed by zombies and I was just sneaking my soldiers essentially through this war zone. And usually, like when you're in stealth, you kind of spend a while setting up the perfect ambush you get in place, you launch it, you go but because mm. it was such a chaotic place there was nowhere to set up a perfect ambush because you were always surrounded so it was just kind of stealthily moving soldiers through and trying to keep them together and you no longer have to worry about cover as well because they're just, like, they're not shooting at you yeah, yeah, they're just after you good stuff <laughs> uh, yeah, and then so... also tried out a little bit of GTA Online which is I very occasionally dabble with but usually fall immediately back out because it just has the worst like matchmaking multiplayer the admin of it is awful always it's been awful yeah like it takes so long to load into a game it it just like you want to play a mission it obscures how to do that like you have to this intricate system of like your character's mobile phone and then certain things are on certain apps and then yeah and then sometimes you need to use the actual game menus for stuff instead it's it's just and, just horrible. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, I want to I want to play with my friends, and then like trying to figure out uh, how to get into a private server is. I'm not even sure if you can. But yeah, it's a it's, it's yeah a and fun I'd, ideas, but I'd, yeah, because I played once before with a friend. I mean, it's been out for four years now, and it's still a yeah, and like, still a bit just, questionable. Just the two of us, it's still not that great because like if you want to do a lot of missions, you need four people. And... Oh yeah, don't even try and do but, heists if you don't uh, have four people but yeah we were like playing recently and there were there were four of us and it was it and there was still a lot of like waiting for loading and obnoxious like just the admin of trying to set up games but with four people it was a lot closer to that kind of that advertised experience of dicking about in cool cars and planes and pulling yeah, totally. and it was like, nice 
like I'm saying, the heist, the heist thing is it's a really, it's a really good feature, and of course, it took a while to arrive as well, uh, which is also good. But yeah, it, it it's like the game has this weird like mixture of seemingly being like set up to like you know because it's very matchmaking heavy, and it can sometimes be difficult in other modes to figure out how to get into games with your friends. But then with heists, you need to play with friends just because of how they're like structured. Because if you have like limited lives, and if you like, even if you're just playing with three friends, you'll get an auto matched fourth guy, and I guarantee you he will be an utter potato who will just <laughs> wander in and expend your lives immediately, failing you the mission. Oh, you've shared lives, mm. not individual ones. Yeah, no, you've shared, shared lives. And ah. I've had some success on my own, but it is a long process with a lot of failure. And it was really and, interesting to compare that to playing with four people in a heist. Because when you're yeah. on your own, you there are loads of each role, like heist has a different role. So like you play when you play a heist, you kind of play half or a quarter of it because it might be like you're the guy that's the demolitions guy, so you have you need to go and blow up something while your friends go somewhere else and do a different task. And when you're on your own, you really don't feel like you're part of the team. It's just like you're doing this kind of half a mission, and it's kind of cool at times, but it's not super satisfying because it's just like cool I just you know I, I got in a plane and I flew somewhere but when you're all as a team and you're communicating and there's a bit of like planning going on you really feel the satisfaction of completing the whole heist and there's like yeah there's yeah. like there's, there's the satisfaction of teamwork which you just don't get playing alone mm. anyway yeah GTA yeah cool Grand uh, Theft well, from from XCOM 2 and GTA. Let me let me let me tell you guys what's thing I've been playing. I posted it on the on the Twitter or my Twitter or the site when I can't remember. But I've I kind of got a bit obsessed with Calculator the game on my phone recently, <laughs> which is like the. the you most... sure that's not just the stock calculator app? Then? No, it's not a game. You're losing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> way cooler than that. Not I mean, he's, first off. It he's has talking a... about running a restaurant last week, and now he's playing this calculator. <laughs> I, yeah, I have a thing for just these really mundane themes. I think. <laughs> So it's way cooler than the actual stock calculator because it has like you know solar panels on old on on the on actual calculators. And you just yeah. have to cover them and then the calculator would turn off. Yep. It does that on the game. How cool is that? <laughs> you, you sure you haven't just found an app that just simulates an old solar powered calculator? <laughs> no, no, it's actually a game. So <laughs> each 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 level on the game it has a goal of what you need to get to, and then it gives you some uh, specific buttons to work with. So you might have like. Be able to add five and then take away two, but also reverse the digits, and you've got to try and make like minus four or something. Who's and, the uh... developer? Texas Institute. <laughs> uh, I don't actually. I can't remember who they are. Um, but I shall look it up at some point. And uh, uh, yeah, but it's really good. It's it's just really like like just it's a bit like you know in countdown the uh, the bit in the middle <laughs> where they do the maths. Except you don't have a time pressure, so you, you can just spend sort of 10 minutes doing it instead. I quite like it. So it's the... when you, while the coffee is brewing or like dinner's cooking, <laughs> I'll like do a thing. I'll like, so oh, you... I've got to get to minus one. Like at the moment, I've got to get to minus one. I've got a plus five, a reverse, and something that inverts it from being a uh, a minus or a plus. So, I've got so to you've taken the thing that, remo- that essentially creates the game and excitement in Countdown and removed it. <laughs> yes, but there's also also the calculator game has a cute little calculator face that occasionally talks to you. And I, did I not tell you about the solar panel bit that you can turn you put me. your thumb over it? It was. It sounds very impressive. I, I mean, mean, my girlfriend was not impressed either. What's wrong with everyone? 
I don't know. It, it sounds it sounds interesting. Yeah. I, I, I like the idea that it has a face. <laughs> You're like, yes, Nevi, pat, pat. It sounds interesting. When, when can we expect the review? Oh, I don't know. Apparently there's 200 levels, so I'm on 74 at the moment. We'll, we'll see. Will you like this with your maths homework? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really exciting no. game. It's just really good. Yeah. I don't know. It's just really simple. Like, I don't so is it, is it, want to play something really simple and they're just sort of like it's a bit like um, brain training in a way. I don't know. It's quite nice. Oh, so, you can't, so it's, it's, it's like kind of like the the puzzle pages of a newspaper. Yeah, yeah. So I do like I'll like do like a puzzle every every couple of days maybe, and I'll just yeah just try and get that get that minus one is my my new goal for this evening. I'll probably do it while I have what well, I'll say make dinner, but I've already had dinner tonight. But you know what I mean. Why millennials are no longer playing the puzzle pages of newspapers. <laughs> the calculator game, killer of newspapers. Yep. It's good. Uh, it's free as well, so. I think I do remember, I do remember seeing that like the quite like you posting the picture now of that quite cute coat like calculator. But... Yeah, it's it's adorable. <laughs> and I just can't overemphasize how cool it is that you put your fingers over the uh the solar panel and it turns off. <laughs> All calculators should just have that, even if they're digital, because just... <laughs> even if there's no reason, there's no reason for it to happen. It. it just does it because it's cool. But is that is that the is it on the screen or is it yeah. doing the or is it using the the little sensor that phones have to detect whether they're by your face or not? I have no idea. There's a little bit at the top of the screen and you put your thumb over it. I think it's just on. The Actually, screen. that's that, yeah. That's the point. Of it. Like you know, so you know when you make a phone call on your mobile. And you put yeah. it up to your face, and it turns the screen off. Yeah. Does that give you a similar amount of joy? No, that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> give it, give it like forty years, and like you'll have, you know, I don't know, it'll be attached to your glasses, and you'll have like a like a projector interface, and and you'll grab a fake phone, and if you put it to your ear and it turns off, you'll just be like, yes, this is it. I have recaptured my lost youth. Yeah, <laughs> all those times and. Maths class. All those times in maths class, I turned a phone <laughs> off with my face. <laughs> Turning off all the calculators. Oh, good times. Good times. <laughs> your, your grandkids are going to unwrap their present and it's just a smartphone and you're going to open it up and like you're going to turn it on and it's going to have this calculator app installed and you're going to show your grandkids <laughs> the delights of covering up the app's solar panel to turn off the app's calculator. Yeah, it's my, my new request. All, it, all inbuilt calculators should have some way of you doing that. It's, uh, yeah. The world would be a better place. i sorry, Grandad. The nuclear fusion engine in our calculator means it doesn't need solar panels anymore. And anyway, no. the sun's gone out, so... <laughs> yeah, we live in a bunker. There is no sunlight. <laughs> that got real, that did. That got real. <laughs> Should we move on? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like, in a, in a tangentially related video game point that somehow segues between the real news and our... Uh, skew onto the apocalypse because obviously there's been a lot of talk of impending nuclear doom thanks to nuclear warmongering between what's it is it Kim Jong Un and uh, and Trump and everyone's mm. in a bit of a in a bit of a state because no one likes it when nuclear weapons are right for, for some reason that I can't but, even imagine people are worried about it why What's that? I mean, it's just a, it's just a wee nuclear weapon. Yeah, there was just, there was a comment. Just where a wee bit said, of fallout. Like there was just it felt just a little I don't know. 
just felt like the biggest understatement where someone was commenting about the North Korean nuclear tests passing over Japan, and it said Japan was understandably a little worried. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'd be totally terrified. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but it's, it was Japan handled it great though. They were they just like there was someone tweeted or said there was like a uh, <laughs> there were like minor delays on some of the train services due to a ballistic missile. <laughs> like, <laughs> like just minor delays. You know, we're just gonna just just ride it out and then. Do you think they'll factor that into um, Mini Metro um, <laughs> on, the, on the on the Osaka map? Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, if you go yeah. onto uh, Steam and you look at the data. Uh, for like the Steam store, you can see the the kind of heat map of the world is where everyone's connecting to, like or connecting from even to the Steam, and it gives you all the downloads oh, yeah, data, yeah. and you can see like how much the downloads by country, and it will mm. put a little dot on the map, and you know the world's covered in these sort of glowing like a glowing sort of download pot spots, and South Korea mm. is ablaze. And then there's just this dark spot where North Korea is, apart from one pixel. Kim Jong Un's host, by yeah. Defcon. <laughs> there's just this one pixel in uh, in North Korea, that yeah. like with, like the tiniest amount of downloads. And so someone, probably Kim Jong Un in North Korea, has a Steam account and is playing on Steam. Wow. Maybe we should have content for him. Like we could set, like <laughs> if we put up some game recommendations. <laughs> Yeah, oh. I wonder how. Yeah, I wonder how Val feel yeah. about that. They're like, oh yeah, just a megalomaniac is using our service. Should they? Well, I guess. I, mean, they, I guess they could probably look at the IP and see what he's playing. So I mean, I mean, someone at Valve yeah. knows what's in the Steam. Library. Are they, they okay taking money from a mass murderer? Uh, yeah, it's just, <laughs> don't don't get between Gabe and his money, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably okay. Gabe's pals with him. They're probably like, All right, hello. Play me HL2DM. <laughs> Tonight. Nine. They're there. Me, you, Gravgun only. <laughs> you never know, I suppose. Um, yeah, well, that, <laughs> sorry. I rocketed that right into the ground, didn't I? Yeah. Um, Gav, I see BM. We can move on from the games that North Koreans play to the games people play. Oh. Yes, that's a good idea. Masterful at this. Yeah, yeah we've been doing week. some butt clubbing, haven't we? Oh, hey guys! Ow! What the hell was that for? Ow! I thought we were gonna discuss the. Oh, I get it. Butt clubbing. Very funny. The next time we do this, I've definitely got to think of a less painful pun. Anyway, it's time to talk about the games people play. Butt Sorry? clubbing. I have club. been down at the book nightclub. Yeah. Yep, so I, heard, I, heard, I heard butt clubbing. I, you see, I thought you were going to say that. That's why I repeated it. <laughs> <laughs> I was drinking water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I didn't say that. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> it's like, like seal clubbing, but you do it with your arse. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, it's. I, mean, I think. I think in that in that context, it would be the butts that are being clubbed. <laughs> So well, you know, I mean, we shouldn't just judge seal... what people are into. Eh? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean seal clubbing isn't clubbing people with seals. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> I think I'd appreciate that more. To be honest, I mean, yeah, I mean, that probably would be slightly more humane to the incredibly inhumane practice that is seal clubbing. So, I mean, at least... They're uh, very heavy, though, so you'd have to be quite strong. But it's the 
Yeah, I've never tried to lift a seal. I don't think they'd appreciate being picked up either. So, I don't think they'd appreciate being clubbed. Probably not. <laughs> no, they love it. I mean, that's what the animal rights activists don't want you to know is that they just sit in there like club me, mate. Do it. <laughs> They're all masochists. They all just <laughs> like, oh yes, <laughs> dirty, dirty seals. Right. How did we so, get onto this? Segment? So this seals this were book, asking for it. This book. <laughs> seal clubbing is wrong. Okay, we'll just we'll leave it, it at is, that. It is. I'll, I will. Yeah. I'll reiterate. Do not. I do not condone seal clubbing. Butt clubbing. On the no. Let's, move, let's move firmly back onto butt clubbing. In fact, <laughs> yeah, I can't unhear butt clubbing now. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. So anyway, we've been reading the games people play, um, psychology of human relationships. What did you guys think? I kind of enjoyed reading it. But, yeah. Um, well. Last thing, it's very you, weird. You suggested the book, and it was not what at all what I was expecting. No, the reason I um, recommended it as well, by the way, was uh, I knew psychology people who did it as part of their degree and said it was an interesting read for people who like to play games, board game and video game wise. And I think they were partly lying or hadn't read it properly because there's a good two thirds of this book that is just weird nonsense about kind of hating women almost no. <laughs> yeah there is a there is a lot of just sort of 60s attitudes towards women and kind of yeah general yeah dr eric byrne md mm. uh the author of the book um, i was going to read out the isbn code but i can't find it anyway yes i believe he did most of his work in the 1950s yeah i think yeah, he yeah. published the thesis this, in 59 and yes this book came out in 1964 so it is, so it is somewhat yeah. dated. Poor Eric, but yes, I think I believe it's continuing on from another another book of his. Oh yeah, about yeah. Transactional analysis, which was kind of his his big deal. Yeah, I mean, should we give it like a try, like a, a, as best we can, an overview of the book? So I think, um, well, at least like I think so. His the main thesis is that it's all about human interaction and he suggests that the, the idea of what he calls like stroke or stroke like stroking as essentially a unit of uh human interaction but not stroking in the, phys- in the physical sense more in the sense of just two people interacting so you might so like in the simplest sense it's just a unit of interaction that might be you walk past your neighbor and say good morning to each other and you keep going on your way and that's a kind of very neutral like sent like stroking each other because you've had that kind of satisfaction of human interaction that kind of is very what's it like ceremonial not like ceremonialized but yeah thing. yeah and then, yeah it's habitual isn't it almost like yeah you do it every day sort of thing yeah and i don't so know why you chose up... that as the term though stroking it makes it sound way weirder than it than any of the things <laughs> he actually talks about are <laughs> Don't always... Yeah, and then he yeah, so he gets into the idea that we have we play these kind of games that these kind of like interaction kind of they're almost like dances in a way like you kind of people kind of play these things so you might have a like a positive game where someone's trying to just get a reaction out of someone because we all crave human interaction and so. 
Yeah, I think what is it? He he has like a, a whole like hierarchy of of interactions that like because obviously like passing someone in the street isn't I don't think we would define as a game, but like yeah, what is it like? I think the theory is basically that what people need interactions to live, mm. and uh, yeah, I I found it. Apparently, there is rituals, ceremonies, pastimes, operations, and maneuvers, and finally games. With games being, I think he said the most complicated of them, because yeah. I think they involve multiple levels of a like social gain and a maneuver. Yeah, yeah, like cause a lot of the early examples he gives have these kind of like arguments and disputes between a husband and wife. Yeah, mm-hmm. he does it focused on that a lot. Actually. Yeah, which is. Which are kind of just some of the weirdest things I've read all year. <laughs> just like trying to like step into his brain as like 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 a nineteen sixties mentality as well. It's just like it's about like like she likes to be neglected or something at one point. I try to remember the exact way he puts it. Yeah, I think it was there was just the, there was I think there's one interaction that he describes where like they will argue because they want to argue so like the woman will say it because i married you i never got to do all the things i wanted to do Mm. uh but secretly but supposedly secretly enjoys the fact that the man is preventing her from doing those things because she is secretly scared like she secretly knows that she can't actually go out and pursue a a dancing career and it's like and and the man is like I don't think the thing, like he described the man's perspective as being, oh, he is terrified that the woman would leave and wants to feel wanted, but like it's, yeah, there's just a lot of like quite, yeah, fairly kind of, yeah, unpleasant. I feel like stuff. it, it, it really does showcase the kind of advances that have been made in society at large oh, yeah, with regards no, to like uh, maybe just using a bit more like just like like gender neutral terms and not. Like, like, yeah. When you say it's husband and wife, it is very specifically husband and wife. It's not. It, it's never like spouse, spouse. It's that's yeah. true. Yeah, it's, it's the husband, lot, yeah, the man, it, and the yeah. wife, the woman. Yeah, because yeah, a lot yeah. of his conclusions seem to like conclude that, like, the woman, ultimately subconsciously wants to be in the home, and is happy with being in a slightly argumentative marriage. And it's all a bit odd in that. Oh sense. yeah, I mean, yeah. It's totally a lot, like, a lot, yeah, there are a lot of the early examples he gives. Yeah, a lot of this is so, like, feels very anecdotal as well. Like, it doesn't, there's no, nowhere in here he's like, like, there's like actual, seems to be actually actual research into a lot of that. It just seems to be like, this is a thing without actually having, like, you know, you expect some, like, maybe statistics or something. I, I think he well, does say that there it's... would be an amount of research that would have to go into getting his journal published and. Yeah, I think he says that they're based on his own case studies, like with with individual patients. I think that he's had. Right. Okay. But yeah, like there is like, in in that sense, it does very much rely on on like his experience rather than. Yeah, because imagine even stuff. if because I'd imagine that a lot of these were like peer reviewed by men still. So like. Oh yeah, totally. He could just, he, he could just be like other think, people going, oh yeah, that's exactly how it is. So those bits are fine. It's very strange bits in this. Book. I think there was like maybe a couple women colleagues mentioned, or maybe just like one. I definitely, I think, noticed one in the preface somewhere, maybe. Mm. But uh, yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's like super like nineteen fifties nuclear family stuff. Yeah. Like it's yeah, it's it's weird in many ways, like but doesn't just, even ever mention the idea that women could like have careers. <laughs> yeah. Or how could you like like thoughts beyond their husband at times like yeah it do, like you said it does it does highlight like significant improvements in society yeah i, I mean oh my god i'm glad it's we're not still like that to one degree or another like it's it's, it's kind of is it, it almost it is a bit excusable it's like 1964 social psychiatry mm. and uh i mean in many ways it is a you know Pre what a lot of the things we take for granted. Yeah. So but yeah, yeah, we have set ourselves quite a challenge in the sense that we now need to relate this kind of sixties. Yeah, the sixties. Hey, there's a lot of thing to video games. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff though. Like, I mean, what is it? The the whole thing is based off what the idea of ego states, which I think is like partially. Uh, like a, a psychoanalytic, almost Freudian thing. Yeah, I think there's so the, in Freud's model there's this ego, the superego, and the id. But I can't remember what what the actual how you would define. No, no, I those. can't. I can't remember those. But, but I know. Yeah, that, like, so in his model, you have the parent, the child, and the adult. Yeah. So the child develops really early, and it's kind of a lot of your like earliest kind of ego state where and how you would react to stuff as a child mm. your adult ego state is very the kind of logical computer and processing of kind of data-based decisions and your parent ego state is kind of reacting he describes as a reacting to stuff how your parents might react yeah like inherited like the way yeah, he describes it it sounds it sounds a lot like um the Daily Mail, like the Daily Mail, is a lot of the parent <laughs> ego. It's all stuff like, isn't it? Like he he describes one of the games as like, he loves describing how women talk at parent teacher associations, and one of the games is like, isn't it awful how these days that, and then you know something something something, and he says that this is an example of people's parent like parent egos speaking. Yeah, and I can like, it's a weird thing, but I, I I do understand where those the ego state thing come from because like. You can kind of, you know, when you see in, in social situations people reacting to things in like a, a parental kind of way, like, yeah. oh, isn't isn't that bad over there or something? It's like you can totally imagine that that's something that's basically been socialized into them at an early age by the way their, their mom and dad's acted around them. And it's kind of, rather than a, a rational way of reacting to something, it's more of a, <clears throat> like a, yeah, like a, like social relation thing that yeah. they, they try and apply. Because the thing that I found interesting about that was it kind of made me think about sometimes when you play like multiplayer games and maybe people who don't play games as often, you play that sort of parent role. You you make sure they're having fun sort of thing. Like you know that maybe you could beat them every single time, but you don't because then they wouldn't be having fun and that's kind of mean. So you kind of take, you don't play them at the same level almost. That's what it made me think of that sort of that dynamic so like if i'm if we have friends over and we play like um like nidhogg or something for example i'm not just gonna steamroll everyone because i play nidhogg way too much we're gonna it's gonna allow for a bit more of a back and forth because 
when they're having fun, I'm having fun because it's just boring otherwise. So that's that was how I one of the things I took away from that bit anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think that makes sense. Like, I guess you get a lot more the parent like history of the parental ego state coming out in things like board games because I was yeah. thinking yeah. kind of because uh, his idea that we need it, it, like human interaction to survive and that negative interaction is still supposedly preferable to no interaction oh my god that was so weird that. the and thing with the rats yeah basically they like they hugged a rat and then they electrocuted the rat and they were both as happy as each other that's insane to me that is that explains people who play mmos for yeah like that was the, well that's the part of that yeah that's the thing like i think a lot of like thinking about like interactions in overwatch like a lot of the time when you interact it's either so like you either have a game where no one talks and you just kind of play mm. or you have a game like you rarely get neutral interactions it's usually just it's usually quite positive and or it's very negative and people like i find like it's very easy to get into just like sarcastic replies mm. but you can even As... you can even draw that away from talking at all so you could talk you could talk it about like the win is the hug and the lose is the electric shock so kind of yeah but so, right, whether you win or lose playing overwatch is still the thing you went to do and you had fun because you played overwatch regardless of winning or losing or if it was a bad game or a good game well, I think it's a lot because also he shows in his model how you have these kind of ritualized back and forths of interactions between people, and I can't remember he was like there's one point where he describes like like a husband and wife will be talking and both have an ulterior motive and are trying to get something, and sometimes it's like a race between the different ego states. So it might start mm. off as one person's adult ego state talks to the child of the other one, and then their child like taught like there then the interaction goes to the parent it's the, he has this kind of diagram of these kind of arrows going back and forth and he describes yeah. that it's a race to both return to the kind of adult yeah adult I mean, to adult. yeah it and ends once people are able to like act logic to logic rather than like through social like m- like different social levels or misunderstanding yeah yeah like, i mean so, i thought so, 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 there, but i think you see kind of things like that in like, like so, like in Overwatch, where you might start arguing about team comp, and suddenly you've gone from. Sometimes you get neutral communication, and it's just like, "Hey, can we get can we get another healer?" Or "Hey, we're I think we're a bit light on damage. Can we get another DPS character?" Yeah, and 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 a lot of the time people just go, "Yeah," or like I usually like if I'm playing alone, I like to wait till everyone else has picked, so I can just pick like fill whatever the, the sort of the team needs. Um, but sometimes you get, as you start to argue, you go, you lose that kind of adult to adult kind of, it's just that kind of logic interaction and you kind of devolve into people go, oh, you know, why aren't you healing me? Or guys, stop playing that character. It's completely useless. And you, or like guys, no one's pulling their weight. I'm getting all the kills here. Or, you know, it'll be like, yeah, guys, I'm playing tank, but I've got all the kills and you start you. And then even like find they're they're sending out the negative impulse but it find it becomes really easy for you to respond in a, like a childish or sarcastic way that you know isn't constructive mm. oh yeah and you, you but, totally have to you, like it resist of, it yeah yeah like there's a it's part of like i think the social impulse of playing online is like i think one thing that 
can what is it before if you haven't if, for the listeners which i imagine is probably almost all of them who haven't read the book um you know the idea is that there's what there's two different levels that your ego states work on because it would be very simplistic if it was just like yeah you're always in this or you're always in that mm. but yeah, there's like a social and psychological level yeah and it's, it's, which is kind of like conscious and it's, a lot of it's a lot of it's almost it just operates subconsciously yeah because what is it there's like it the social level is the one you're trying to kind of project as and the psychological level is the one that you're maybe being internally so like i don't know i, I can see that in like overwatch and stuff because basically like occasionally they, they like cross or, or ones don't interact properly because like you get for instance i feel like there is very much like a, a ritual involved in the way like you say team comp works because people will people get act. very set on what go it can go from like kind of this logical adult thing where because uh, you know, I I would say I'm a very mediocre to poor Overwatch player. Like, so just managed to get into gold, and then just man like recently uh, after the new season started, managed to re rank as gold. Um, but and at this kind of lower level, there's a real mentality that you go in and there is a like a set idea for team composition, which is two yeah, players, yeah. two tanks, two DPS. And at the start of so many matches, people just go two two two, guys. Why aren't we two two two? And people just type oh, yeah. it in, and some and yeah, and sometimes uh, like sometimes you can just have these slightly like odd team comps, and they just work, and it's fine. And a lot of the time when they don't work is often usually because people get frustrated that it's not you're not adhering to the the perceived ideal. Oh yeah, and then they and start playing badly on purpose. Yeah, and it's this, and they kind of I guess I think it's kind of like the childlike state, and sometimes you get these really weird, and they'll have like a strop with the just this un this weird logic where guys we're losing guys i'm refusing to play because we like we're gonna because we're losing so but but then we definitely will lose like they, they refuse to play yeah because we're playing badly and we're gonna lose yeah i feel like and, and if... so they i like maybe it's a child thing of well if i don't play at all then it can't be because of me that we lost oh However, totally yeah like... so there's like there are a lot of games where people just go no i'm not gonna play anymore so but, but then we definitely will lose yeah yeah it's like the parent level there i think is like what they're trying to project which is you know maybe something they've they've had socialized into them from an early age which is if you're not enjoying something stop mm. uh like and they want to be like the almost like a kind of mature person like i rationally realize this social this situation is bad for me so i'm going to stop but in in a very apt metaphor the the child state on a psychological level is just saying to them i'm throwing away my toys like I feel like, yeah, it's it's very much a, if I can't have it, no one can. Yeah, and then I feel like you could probably, if if you were so inclined, like make a whole a whole model of, like you know, he names his games, and you could definitely call one Overwatch Lobby and just <laughs> define all the different interactions. Because like, when you start off, like, in in theory, the this the your what the the social level or should be like five adults but every single time you get these different personalities who are trying to act in different ways because you get like people who will try and express what they think should happen in a kind of parental way if you know what i mean like like i know what's best listen to me yeah because sometimes you need like a like a sort of parental person to just kind of just lead the team because often because we're just playing in like public lobbies there's no cohesion so often you get games where everyone's playing really well but there's no one to. You just need someone to lead the charge. 
and mm. trigger like a di- like a dive onto the point. Yeah, yeah, anyway. And sometimes it doesn't work, and you you end up where you're all just you're out of sync with your spawns. Everyone's running in at the objective, getting killed one by one. And sometimes mm. you have these games. You're like, I don't understand what like, huh? That was weird. We were always grouping up, and we were always kind of. It kind of felt like we were taking together, but sometimes it's just because you don't lack you lack the someone to kind of just step up and just lead. Yeah, I mean, I think if you were talking about team comp, you could probably like sketch out in in Overwatch as well as like many other multiplayer games, like three different types of player. One being a parent, which is I know what's best for you to play. Uh, one being adult, which is I will play what's best, mm. and child, which is I will play what's fun. And like, I feel like if you like watch these situations, you can like every time identify these different things. And then sometimes you get people who will deliberately like engage in a different social mode just to annoy another player. Like, let's just say they've played with that person before and they know that they're a like a parental type and they will say you should play, you know, two, two, two. And they'll deliberately on a social level to get to get back at them and get some kind of perceived uh like like some kind of psychological benefit out of it you know feeling i've yeah, i've they, messed their day up yeah, they want they'll, a reaction, don't they? That's how they, yeah yeah and they'll deliberately cross that even though maybe they're like like psychologically they're kind of or maybe adult like i i know what's happening here and i can analyze this situation and i'll pick what's bad and act like a child because i know that that will That'll grind this person because they're acting like a parent. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because like I think a lot of the because he talks about a lot of people's creativity and kind of yeah, people's like creative side comes from their like child ego. Yeah, um, and so sometimes like I get to bring this back to multiplayer, like when people do the kind of unexpected quirky things, sometimes it just works because it is not the the expected meta, and so you, people don't know how to react to it. And so and so yeah, so like a child, and so sometimes the child state there is equally valuable. But oh yeah, like like so, understanding like what to pick that will benefit the situation in a way that they won't expect or something. Yeah, so like, which which can cause problems. Like, and so sometimes you get like in Overwatch, but some characters have are particularly difficult to play, and I'll, and so get or or are perceived as just bad characters. So like you like you know I'll often groan if we get into a lobby and like our two DPS characters are like a, a Genji, which is this kind of melee oriented ninja character that mm. is very tricky to use well. And so I'll be like, uh, groan, but is is popular because you know yeah. he's, a, he's a cool ninja. In the parlance of the game, is that a motherfucking pro Genji? Yeah, it's like it's like when you look at it, you go, please, please be amazing at Genji. <laughs> And then you look at their social profile, and it's like ten minutes as Genji. You're like, oh no! <laughs> uh, and so some people have a real problem with it. Like, and there are a couple of other characters. It's like, and but yeah, and sometimes it's it's you know it's completely fine because often you don't see a lot of Genjis at lower levels, and so the other team doesn't expect it. Yeah, and totally. They do, they do a decent enough job, and it, it it's great. But yeah, I, I feel like in in terms of a game, a book about like video games it's not very good but i mean it's you can definitely do some you can you can i, I mean it, it, you don't want to be that that smug dude who's like who's like oh yes i know what's happening in this situation i <laughs> i i totally understand the social dynamics at play to use a, a bad accent but yeah like yeah 
I feel like, what was it? We were saying before when we were talking about it in a last week or last time, uh, it's more interesting when you talk about like either board games or like, uh, like board game like video games. Cause I, I think there's right. So in, I'd say in a board game or in, in a, in a video game, that's like a board game. It, it's very reliant. I think on, on that sense of like childlike creativity and make it fun. Because if it's all logical, it's, you know, you just end up, it's like, here's the rules and you act them out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because a lot of boys are quite, they're quite abstracted compared to like a video game where you can look like pan a camera around and see a world. But the board game, you've kind of just got what's in front of you and then the rest of it is very much in your imagination. It kind of works. Well, well yeah. as like, Actually, yeah. I think that, that that's almost this, this model of, you know, like kind of parent, adult child provides quite an interesting way to categorize board games it does kind of got, yeah like parent where that in a nurturing sense kind of applies to co-op games and kind of working together it as does, well as yeah. the kind of got, like of teaching people new games yeah and then it plays you've well got the RPGs adult which is very like. logic heavy and like so you've got the more logical euro games which are very much about building up your kind of game engine to produce resources and manage an economy yeah not a lot of randomization and things can be like done very specifically and it's mm-hmm. very logical and, and then yeah, yeah like, so you've got like more narrative based games and games that have random elements that kind of appeal to that kind of childlike yeah like exciting things happen it, yeah. like you're blowing things up and i feel like, like, like that. yeah you've got more space to be creative and be like surprised like look at look at like the cliches about like Dungeons and Dragons. If you I don't know if you count that as like a really board game since I guess RPG yeah, is more yeah, like well, it's, yeah, it's a tabletop game. Yeah, yeah. And like like if you look at the way those get played, like th- there's a ton of different like cliches, you know, about different types of player. Like you have the person that's wanting to mess around who would be like the child in the situation and they're very important in Dungeons and Dragons because otherwise you get a, a shit game. And you have like people who are like like power gaming who who you'd say are more like like this is the logical situation this is the stats of it yeah, then you yeah. get people who, who can be parental which means either that they can be guiding in a way or they can be they can just you know like speak down to other people and you get you know the idea of the dm who's just you know controlling yeah like it's interesting cause it's, yeah you've got the kind of the good and the negative side like yeah the parent can be, you can get people that are too guiding and just tell people what to do rather mm. than or like yeah or like inherit very bad ways of speaking to people who they perceive as misunderstanding a situation and that that can create especially given how social these games are like yeah i guess like and i get like, <laughs> a, like, well, like the the child can be slightly too chaotic and oh not, totally yeah and like it's like like a, a child type person in like D and in other board games who who's like who doesn't like who maybe doesn't have like a healthy respect for the way the game's set up can can totally ruin the game for everyone else by just basically messing around too much like like you you know someone you know you walk into like a i don't know the D, the dm's like talking you know you walk into a tavern and there, there's there's always that one player who's like who's like oh shoot the bartender like yeah, <laughs> yeah well yeah, i think it's interesting yeah. like because like he's also you, you like because you switch between these kind of like subconsciously these ego states and i think there's interesting something about like like if you're playing a game uh that's perhaps like a an adversarial game and you can go from playing the game as an adult and you're kind of logically thinking out your turn and then you realize that perhaps you can't win and but you can determine who other people win and you get that kind of childlike state of 
well, if I can't win, I can mess it up for people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's also the, the other thing of like, you know, being like that, the adult and doing it really logically. And then you get like, like in, in like a really heavy, like Euro game where like, you've like figured out a system and you're like, right, I can like, I'm picking random game points out of my head. And I'll be like, right, I can finally use that last piece of die to do something. And then you just get really excited like a child again. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you go from like being like number crunching, like, right. So if I go over there and I do that, then that'll work. And then this, and then you're like, yes, I can do it. And then it's this, this elation of being able to like, like have figured out how like the optimal way of doing it is very un unadult, I suppose, in a way. Uh, I don't know if that like doesn't just that's quite kind of a child thing. I think it's just like you're satisfied. I think uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe like I think I probably take quite a childlike approach to Euro games in that I'm bad at Euro games, so I often go, "What's the like? Can I see if I can not like break this system?" But usually I'm not. So I'll be like, "Can I try and rush the game?" Mm. Like, like I think I played Governor. I was just like, "Can I do this by only making coal?" <laughs> no, almost. <laughs> I almost did. You, you but, always but the answer play, is no. You always need to play Euro games that last about six hours. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, if I played Governor once, I have no plan to go back. Governor is um, so long, and then when you play with, through the ages, which is also so played through the long. ages, it's too too you long. Play like ones that take like an hour and a half at most. Well, games that last that long, just they're just ugh, just not fun after a certain point. Um, well, the other thing I was to say about the book, though, actually, was that the all three uh, states you totally see when you play a game of like One Night Ultimate Werewolf or Resistance. You even see people shift between them. Like you'll have the people who like logically try and figure out what's happening, and they have the child, the the childlike people who are like um, who just sort of like want to. It's often the, uh, the the villains in that way try and like um, poke holes in what people are saying and and cause sort of mischief in that way. And then you have like the parents who say often it's where if they know for certain that someone is something else, they'll try and guide the group towards a, a conclusion. And you can see that shift. I played it a couple of weeks ago and it made me think of that. And you can see the people like um, shift from one element to the other. It was really interesting, actually. I think one thing that's really interesting with with board games like that is the way you get like um how do I say it? like like the game like the rules of the board game or even video game or something like then encourage you to play like other like psychological games with people yeah like to yeah. convince them or to to do something else and like you end up you know, like, you try and understand what position they're understanding it from, and you try and attack it that way, and, like, I feel what's really interesting about the way people play board games is, like, it takes interactions like that, which might, in an ordinary scenario, be, like, really harmful. Like, you'd play yeah, a game way, like, like, you, you, you hardball people when you play stuff like this. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I remember... Like, you know, if you're playing, what was it? Last week we were talking about Jackbox. There's some games in that where you have to like lie to people, mm. and like, I I made up the most detailed, intricate lies about my life to my friends, and it's like, like because of that, board games and and games like that can mean you can kind of cross social lines and kind of experience like these like maybe painful in normal situations interactions because the the rules legitimize it and mean that. At the end, it's yeah. it's non-harmful. 
I guess in a way, like it's kind of almost how like a lot of like shooters and video games simulate violence. All games have that really unique way of simulating a lot of like, like, not but like negative social interaction. Yeah. In, a, in, a, in, a, in, in, in like in like a form of play. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I was yeah. gonna say like um, my favorite games are the uh, like I think is a game called New Angeles, mm. which I've played. I've played a couple of games now and absolutely love it because basically you all play as corporations in uh, the Netrunner universe. So you're in New Angeles. Which I imagine is just a new city built on Los Angeles. There's this kind of ultra free market state that has seceded from the United the the USA, and it's your job to just it's semi cooperative in the sense that you're all working together to ensure that the US has no reason to like invade and take and take back control of the thing because you're trying to keep the city reasonably stable, mm. right? But also you're trying to make as much money as possible. Right. And the core of the game is every round, like, you propose something to manage the city. So I'm a big pharmaceutical corporation, and it just so happens there's a ton of disease in the city, and if the disease gets out of hand, people are going to be unhappy, people are going to riot, and that will cause the like, the threat meter to go up. Uh, so I propose, I put down a deal that says we should uh, cure all the disease. And... Someone might be like, actually, I propose a deal that we should deal with all of the electricity outages because that's also a big problem in the city. And then we'll discuss. And but secretly, like it benefits me massively because if we cure all disease, I'll make tons of money because I sell pharmaceuticals. Mm. And I know that they're, uh, you know, like a uh, like a building company. And so fixing all the power outages causes loads of money for them. So the core of the game is this negotiation and dealing and trying to. and trying to set up situations that other like players will back you, and often you're trying to cause problems so that you can solve them later on. It's interesting, um, but yeah, so like, so you get these like, there's one situation where, uh, so the, someone's like, I really want this to pass. Who will vote for me? And so you have cards in your hand, which you can either play to like as like bills to pass, or you can use them as votes. Mm. Uh, and so if you have no bill, like if you have no cards. Not only can you not propose bills, but you can't vote on everyone else's. Um, but yeah, someone put down a bill and really wanted it, and I said, "Tell you what, uh, I'll I'll give you your votes." Oh, sorry, actually, no, it was um, no one else is voting. Uh, if you don't pay me, I will vote for the other one. And you can right. just black- and you can just blackmail people. <laughs> nice. And so basically, I forced them into an agreement where they paid me capital in order to not prevent their vote going through yeah. uh, and so yeah they, they gave me the capital and I said fine okay um, I will not uh, vote against your bill and if the bill went through at which point I revealed a card that I had acquired that let me overturn the bill anyway <laughs> so I kept my word I didn't vote against it however I was able to just completely void it nonetheless <laughs> brutal yeah which is really satisfying because um, basically every time you win a vote, you also win a little like perk card that is then just a permanent perk you have. That so like my overturning a bill was a one use thing, but there, I was actually able I was able to threaten people with it throughout the game, so it got far more uses because I could constantly threaten to just void a bill. Nice. Um, cool. Yeah, it's like similar with Werewolf. Like my favorite my favorite role is the the troublemaker where you switch two people's roles. Yeah. And so you you just tell two people. Uh, 
I woke up during the night and I switched your roles. And sometimes, because obviously if you knew you're the werewolf and someone's told you you've been switched, you're then put in the position where you can attain an easy win because you can just go, oh, I was the werewolf, so they're now the werewolf. We vote and kill them. Easy win for me. Uh, but I'm a big fan of lying, and so people sometimes just out themselves as the werewolf. At which point I go, <laughs> oh, that's a shame, because I, I didn't switch you. I switched yeah. them. And then it's, it's fun seeing them go, oh. <laughs> I mean, did I say they, I was a werewolf? I was lying. And then yeah. Yeah. at that point yeah, it's too cause... late. Because games like that and like Resistance are like an, like an hour-long sort of argument almost, which is really like it's still something that you normally get in like a average day. <laughs> so yeah, no, it, it like you said before, game about it like simulating sort of something like the sort of negative parts of like a social thing. It's they are very much like that. Those sort of games. Yeah, I feel like it's because you know with, with a game structure you can you can kind of clarify inputs and outputs in a way that you can't in real life. Like, mm. if someone does something, like one thing that I think is really interesting in the book is, especially with some of them, like like the idea of, you know, all the different roles they had in the, the alcoholic situation. Like, like, basically the kind of inputs and outputs, like there aren't any win conditions. It just repeats itself in perpetuity. But people occupy different positions in it, you know, even as like a, maybe like a false rescuer or something like that, or an enabler. Mm. for for different reasons of social social capital and i feel like the way people follow it in real life can often come from either being on on different levels or not understanding uh inputs and outputs you know like why why is he doing this what's what's the deal yeah and if yeah. it's because someone gets like a, maybe like a, a sadomasochistic kick out of doing something like bad but in a game like you have that like 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 the the, the reason they've done something is always apparent like let's just say you like like George, you lie your way into winning a game and it's like like no one can turn to you and just be like oh why'd you do that you absolute dick and it's like because i won like yeah, like the games like, that's that the point it's what we came here to do like it's uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. and obviously that that can pose other issues in a more normal social sense where maybe someone's not good at losing but yeah yeah i guess it's like in a loose sense it's role-playing these kind of neg like negative scenarios for fun i guess yeah and in a way where everyone understands why it happens, I think. Yeah, because like yeah. it's it's exciting because I, you know, I don't lie very much outside of board games. <laughs> I think. <laughs> or do I? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. What is that? Anyway. We're caught in a paradox. Uh, Utterly okay. deadly. So, how would yeah. you guys like to play a game now that? Unless anyone has any closing points uh, on the games yeah, I think, people's play, I think I think we were able to get quite a lot out of that. Actually, yeah. I think yeah, it's definitely interesting. I'd I'd kind of recommend it. It's quite cheap to pick up. If you are interested in any of the things we've said, pick it up and have a read. But don't expect to have it be like specifically go. Overwatch is a cool game because of X. <laughs> you very yeah, much think... have to draw your own conclusions past that. But it, it, I'd say it was worth reading. I won't. No, you're much more likely to read that housewives secretly want to be controlled <laughs> by their husbands. But yeah. yeah, yeah, I feel like there's kind of a, a level of a, I mean, kind of adaptation that you need to go through with the book. Like you need to, like, read it, but be like, all right, okay, I I know this is dated, and I kind of need to approach it from that angle. And I mean. That that might make 
I, I get that that might make, maybe make people uncomfortable. Yeah, there's definitely but, a layer. There's like a layer of '60s sexism to just kind of yeah. scrape off, like '60s yeah. pre-hippie sexism. <laughs> like uh, this guy definitely. I don't. I don't know if he's a kind of Woodstock kind of guy or not. So uh, hard to tell. But yeah, yeah. There's a lot of interesting stuff, and I mean, it's interesting in a social sense. And obviously, we've just revealed the secrets of the universe to you here, and so you can take take our our games games toolkit and understand the world with it yeah it's like taking the i can't remember what color now pill but in the matrix is it red pill red pill yeah. isn't it yeah it's is like it the red pill yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no, that yeah. was a that was Pretty a sure. good a good reference but i nearly got wrong <laughs> let's move Definitely on uh, yeah hence, hence you get a lot of uh all the uh slightly you know men's rights groups and alt right groups that like to think that they've been woken up yeah, hence, yeah. hence some more unpleasant subreddits. <laughs> it's called the Red Pill. So, George, you've made a game of. I uh, have made a game. game. It's an exciting adventure for you guys to go on. Because cool. I was thinking about the game of life the other day, cool. uh, which is a board game that I remember having in which you roll and move your way through life, or spin and move, as a big feature of the game, are these large plastic features that kind of slot onto the board wow don't really do anything like i remember my yeah it just had these little hills that just had some spaces on and you just move through some hills a couple of buildings uh, <laughs> make it most, feel impo- most importantly there's a big plastic spinner with the numbers one to ten nice. you spin and that lets you move uh, and the game is largely a series of arbitrary decisions you spin you move do i go to university do i not go to university you go to university you get given a random job you don't go to university, you take a random job from a different deck of cards. Uh, you keep rolling and moving, then you decide if you want to have a family or not. Uh, and yeah, you basically make a series of kind of you roll and move your way through life making decisions ish. And then at the end you die. And I think like the original one had... Okay. Yeah. Get so real the way here. you sort of built up to it, and then you just... <laughs> well, you don't, I don't think you die in the game. I think you retire, and you either retire to, like... I think in the first game it was, like, the Millionaire Mansion or, like, the Pauper's Shack. Is there a sequel <laughs> game as well? Uh, well, there's a there's, there's quite a lot of additions. I can't think, I can't, I think it came out in the 60s and had a couple of... I've never played it's it. It's been revised. Oh. It's not... It's not the most exciting game. Like, I remember, like... I remember it's, it's kind of fun play through once in the sense that it's like it's a biz like it's a bit like a kind of buzzfeed life quiz <laughs> stretched out <laughs> into a into a board game cool <laughs> it's kind of yeah it's a, a bit like a buzzfeed quiz mixed with like the community chest from monopoly way it's just like draw a card oh, you, yeah you decide to have a changing career draw a new <laughs> card from the career deck you're now a fashion designer <laughs> you're just like real life in a beauty contest Never win first prize, do I? It's never good enough. Yeah, it's like get married, add another peg to your car. So you have a little car that you fill up with pegs oh, really? to nice. show your to show your spouse and children. Ah, um, <laughs> check out all my pegs, kids. Yeah, <laughs> like so. A lot of the game is just the bits of it, and um, which you know appeals to a young child. Cool. But, so yeah, what do we need to do? Exciting. So what, 
what are our jobs? Well, I figure you guys could make a series of arbitrary decisions to navigate your way through the video game of life. I mean, I do it in uh, real life. Can't see why I can't do it in a game. So, I figured we could do the early stage of your life uh, and cover your childhood and adolescence as we go on this whirlwind tour. Excellent. So, the way this is going to work is at each stage in your life, you will get to live out that stage of your life in one of the video games that I will offer you, and you just okay. have to choose. And you just have to choose the video game that you would like to spend that stage of your life in. Okay. Uh, so, first of all, you will need to live out your childhood. So, from about the age of birth to about twelve. <laughs> the age of birth. <laughs> the age of birth. Biological <laughs> manual there says it goes from birth to about twelve. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's what they put on Lego boxes, that's right? Roughly birth a child. To, birth, right? This, this one is recommended for birth to twelve. Yeah, it's got that that baby looks a bit like an onion. <laughs> but before you can be birthed, we need to decide where you will be birthed. Oh. Ooh, uh, I can't wait to be birthed. <laughs> yes. So. You guys can choose between lovely childhoods. You can have a childhood in Mass Effect. You could have a childhood in Skyrim. You could have a childhood in The Sims. Or you could have a child in the Metal Gear Solid universe. In the, Sorry, you can have a childhood. You will not. Oh. Where you have a child is a later decision. <laughs> Where would <laughs> you like to have one? your. So you've got Metal Gear Solid universe. Oh, Metal Gear Solid. I thought you said Metal Slug. I was thinking, <laughs> I don't want to be in Metal Slug. <laughs> I don't know if Metal Gear Solid's any better. But yeah, The Sims, uh, Metal Gear Solid, Mass Effect, and Skyrim are your options for childhood. I mean, Skyrim's very cold and no one's very happy. Very true. And so okay, so are we? Do we take a separate decision, or do the two of us have to come to an accord? You, you're each having separate lives. Okay, each your own okay. people. I suppose it was... Not unlike real life. Yeah. Ah, are you sure? <laughs> I suppose at least Mass Effect's varied. Uh, yeah. I mean, so yeah, imagine this as a universe where all video games somehow exist <laughs> in the same place and okay. you just happen to move between the, them the video game multiverse is well the video game right. multiverse yeah. but they're all it's like uh, at the Wreck same time and bits like and pieces Ralph. of lore a little bit like Wreck-It Ralph or yeah. I think there's an episode of Doctor Who where all of history happens at the same time Okay. Uh, so it'll make about as much sense as that episode did Yeah. or oh, that episode of Futurama where the video games invade yes those are all my references. <laughs> no, we're done. We've run through the pile. Uh, um, the Sims seems like the safest choice unless you put me in a swimming pool and take away the steps, in which case I'm not having a very fun childhood. Um, because I guess, I guess, that, that, I guess, throughout your life, you will have you will have to ponder: Are you the agent of your own destiny, or are you merely <laughs> a controlled player in a game? Ooh. Yeah, that's a good point. Does does some big bastard <laughs> sit behind me spinning a big spinner? Yeah. yeah. Oh, am I that one in one in Skyrim who always runs up and goes, "The thing has happened. You must stop the thing from happening." <laughs> I love that quest where you stop the thing from happening. <laughs> yeah, that's just all the Skyrim quests. <laughs> I thank fuck. The thing would have been terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, right, uh, I what, think... are you, what are you guys thinking? Uh, 
I, I, I have a, an attraction currently to nuclear annihilation, so I'm going to pick Metal Gear. Right. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna grow up in the Metal Gear Solid universe. Yep. Um, I'm... To, to, tell you what, we'll, uh, we'll, see, we'll see how your childhood goes there, and then we'll, uh, we'll get back to you, Levy. So. Okay, that's fair. I can mull it over some more, and <laughs> whether it's a risky decision or not. You can make the optimal decision. Yes, so... I can min-max my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> So you are birthed, Gav, uh, but sadly <laughs> you have been born into a conflict zone. Nice. Um, as you and your parents are shortly killed, so you are oh. abandoned as a baby and you are left with essentially no memory of your parents because you are, of course, an orphan, like many video game protagonists. Nice. Though, are you the protagonist? We will we will find out. Uh, but in uh, in the course of your very early years, you are picked up by... A, uh, a gang of, of children who look after you uh, and as you grow up you are taught to protect yourself you become very proficient with weapons because you have become a child soldier nice uh, and you are fighting in uh, you know in various conflict zones around the world because your cell of child soldiers is controlled by the kind of evil people that would uh, traffic and use child soldiers and so you see some pretty Terrible things. Uh, I've seen some shit. I will now roll a very tiny dice to see Ooh. how your childhood goes. The only dice I could find is literally half the size of my small fingernail. A tiny baby-sized <laughs> dice. Tiny dice. It's, it's, I'm not, I'm not even sure if it rolls fairly. So you own so many board games. Do you know one of those has a dice? <laughs> but they're but they're all in the board game, and I'm at my desk. Okay, <laughs> obviously. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and roll it as fairly as I can. Um. And then get your magnifying glass out to read. Okay, yeah. Uh, so you have rolled. I'm afraid. Uh, well, you're already dead. Let's, let's let's see what happens. So you're not dead, um, but uh, you see many horrors. You know. Oh, I love horrors. Yeah, you go through conflict zone. You lose many friends, uh, which is particularly heartrending, as you are a young child, and these early bonds are incredibly important. However, many of your friends die. You yourself are grievously wounded, and uh, you lose an ear, and you know you sustain scarring. And so, by the time you reach your you know your tenth birthday, you're uh, you're in a pretty sorry state. But you are you are eventually rescued, uh, as one day you are manning your guard your guard post uh, when, out of nowhere, uh, a cardboard box shoots you with a tranquilizer dart. For attaching a balloon to you and floating you off into the sky, living the dream, uh, and you wake up on an oil rig, um, <laughs> and it turns out you have been rescued by uh, Big Boss himself, who tries to rehabilitate you somewhat. Um, so you know you try and have as normal a childhood as you could, working for a global mercenary company. Very uh, normal. Uh, and while perhaps this is a better quality of life than you experienced as a child soldier. Uh, you are still haunted by dreams and nightmares of uh, of the things. So you, yeah, you will be suffering from post traumatic stress disorder. Wow, Sims feels like a safe choice. I, yeah, I've not, uh, you had know, a good time, have I? You know, you survive, uh, and uh, you know, soon soon you'll get to enjoy puberty. <laughs> oh, good. Lucky Gavin. <laughs> Can't wait. 
that entire time I imagined the baby version, just like whole time. Not didn't age toddler with a SMG <laughs> was in my head. That is the dream, really, isn't it? I mean, very small target can't be I mean, hit. It's like the apart from in my ear, obviously. Yeah, yeah well, that's the thing. I would, sort of I, because I mean, I'll, we can say that you started off in in Scotland, so something clearly befell Scotland to you know, require <laughs> require there to be child soldiers. Kim Jong Un missed Japan. <laughs> yeah. You were, you were you were born into the war zone that is uh is it six it's sixties right that's kind of that's one before that yeah the sit that is sixties Cold War Scotland in in which which one so yeah so, you, well I have, so to, we, I have to correct you or so at least think the, about your Metal Gear Solid lore yeah so Peace Walker Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes and Phantom but Pain that's like sixties seventies right sixties seventies eighties yeah. Actually, yeah, because Phantom Pain's eighties, so yeah, yeah you're yeah, in yeah. you're in Cold War eighties Scotland. Uh, nice, nice. Does that mean that? Um... You, I mean, you 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 do get to enjoy, you know, these kind of you do find around the base discarded uh, cassette cassette tapes. Tape, nice. Uh, the, of, the only problem, know, various only problem. David Bowie hits, um, a couple of other songs. You see, the only thing that I can think of here is that um, the Midjure remix of uh, <laughs> the Man Who Sold the World would not exist in this timeline. <laughs> Uh, because obviously Midgeur is Scottish and he would have been blown up in the nuclear war. <laughs> so unfortunately that doesn't that cassette tape will be unavailable to me. I think that's the, that's possibly the most tragic loss because that that was, that was one of my favourite songs to blare from the helicopter. I know, I know. <laughs> is it is it my turn to pick a Okay, yeah, what is, well, what is your choice, Nevi? Oh, my turn to pick a traumatic childhood <laughs> the sounds well, of it. We, um, you know, then you know, not necessarily. I think I'm going to go with Skyrim because I quite like the idea that maybe I can have a bear as a pet. Okay. You are... You are also an orphan. <laughs> <laughs> you, Fair enough. You, you know even less about your, your origins. You only I don't even know, know how they died. That your your earliest memories are of the... Uh, the uh, not, not, not too harsh, but somewhat... You know the 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 hard streets of White Run. You know you, there are definitely worse cities to grow up in. Right one, White Run. Right one. A, right white one. <laughs> white one's a right one. I don't know why I picked the city because I'm never gonna be able to say it now. White Run. Uh, you know it has there's a, there's a relatively communal spirit to it, so people do leave food out for you, and you're not super hungry. Um, Yay! Go but you are one of the uh, the orphans that infests the streets. Uh, and so whoa, you... whoa, infest? Come on. It's a bit uh, harsh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, one of the orphans that just, you know, things. So you, you will, you know, you do grow up and you have this annoying quirk of just approaching strangers and asking <laughs> them for things. Fair enough. I can take annoying uh, quirk. <laughs> uh, and as you get a bit older, people just constantly approach you and ask you for help. So I guess it's the kind of quirk that you will do as a child, but as you grow up, you'll find more and more people just randomly approach you and ask you for help. That does just happen to me randomly. Yeah, so uh, I go to let's... places I don't live and people ask me for directions consistently. And let's find out what it's happens weird. to you. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, while White Run is one of the nicer cities, there is of course an underbelly to it. Um, many of the market traders need to, uh, you know, make up. Make up their rent and uh, oh, costs like with a uh, 
with a secondary source of income because you know uh, iron weapons are notoriously cheap and people keep coming into the city and just tanking the economy by selling all their <laughs> hugely impressive stuff and just like ruining the market so the uh, the so market store business them. is uh, you know particularly fluctuates a lot and so is unreliable uh, and so you are roped into uh, a skooma business and initially you are you know no one there are so many children everywhere that no one really looks twice at youngsters roaming the streets and so you're used as a mule initially as you you know as you get a little bit older you begin to you know wonder what's in these packages that you carry between the houses secretly delivered to the uh, uh, the uh, the Yarl's Hall at night and so you you know you begin to sniff and one day eventually taste the package and I'm afraid you develop a skooma addiction as you uh, you slowly learn to skim off just enough to keep yourself sated uh, without the recipients noticing the missing drops of skooma from their secret deliveries. So you uh, should have gone with the Sims. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems you both haven't had the happiest start in life, but. Perhaps things will get better because, of course, things change as they do. Um, the Just like in real life, yeah, as they do. The people that took you in move on, and you know, <laughs> you... You, the early teens are a tumultuous time, and you find yourself in a in new a location. World. It's time. <laughs> it's time that you get an education. Your your guardians, be that international mercenary or small time skooma fiend. <laughs> begin to think that you would benefit from an education and so send you on out into into the world in order to mm. get an education right, so, so famously I, education first <laughs> I, I don't think anyone noticed because obviously i did learn from the best but i did do another gavin stealth pish there so <laughs> i did learn from big boss who has done many a sneaky pish in his time has so nevi grew up in white run as an orphan delivering skooma and became addicted Yes, that is basically his his life so far. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I good. Mean, good. It's, it's not I haven't missed much. I was uh, yeah, yeah. and sort of constantly feels a need to approach people and ask them for random help with tasks. Ah, good. And also oh, himself yeah. seems approachable, so people often come up to him and just ask him to do random things, which I imagine yeah. is how he got caught up in the uh, the skooma trade. <laughs> right, onward, not with me though. Whenever we seem to go anywhere, I I get asked directions. For things, never, never when in the place that I actually lived, I asked for directions. But we went to Greece, and like three people in three different languages thought I was from Greece, and as asked me where things were. And so art imitates life. <laughs> I was like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I so yesterday, the other week. So our adolescence was. So you know, uh, you know, these are, these are these of course are difficult times for you because you you've seen a big change. You've been uprooted from your somewhat you know settled sort of final years of adolescence, and as your as your scenery change, you know, you begin puberty and all of the confusing thoughts that that brings with it. So you know, <laughs> this is gonna, these are going to yeah. be a difficult few years as you've both got I mean, very troubling backgrounds. Yeah, I mean, how am I going to be getting my supply? When I leave, yeah, you're, you're going to be in for a you're going to be in for a particularly oh, God, it's gonna be like difficult scene. transition. It's gonna be that scene Especially as Skuma doesn't seem to exist in most of the other places. <laughs> I'm just screwed. I'm going to have to take up heroin or something, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to uh, find a new vice. Uh, so, 
uh, your options for school. Uh, interestingly, like, uh, you have got, you may go to, uh, a school, uh, in the Pigeon Nation. What? You... Is, right, is this the, the Heartful Boyfriend universe? Oh, <laughs> you one? may attend, uh, uh, the Numbani Institute for the Young and Gifted. <laughs> uh, and you may attend Time Travel High School. Huh, I okay. really thought... No, that's just me not writing. I think I just wrote that as a filler in my notes. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that should say the name of an actual high school from Life is Strange, but I uh, oh, okay. didn't Time write Travel that. High oh. School. So I'm going to Google that now. Close enough. Who? It's like... It's... Blackwell Academy, that's it. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. It's uh, funny because... So you can it's... attend the Nambani Institute for the Young and Gifted... Uh, yeah, and your last option is the Blackwell Academy. The incredible thing about that game is that uh, the the school is called Blackwell Academy, and the principal is a man called Wells, who is black. Yes. I actually <laughs> there you go. That. That's a good point. I do love that game, though. Life is strange. That was amazing. I've never played it, but I'm hearing lots of great so things about oh, the so good. the the like the prequel. That just came out, uh, or the first episode of that that just released. Yes, I, I hadn't realised it was out actually. I do need to play that at some point. Anyway, so I think after an emotionally scarring childhood as a child mercenary, I think I, I need a change of pace. I need to relax in new settings, and so I will go to the pigeon world. <laughs> okay, so uh, what was the, the second pi- school? I forgot what you said. So you've got uh, a school in the pigeon nation. You've got yep. uh, the Numbani Institute for the Young Gifted. What's that from? Overwatch land, surely. Well, there's oh, a, right. a school in the Overwatch city of Numbani. Right. Fair enough. I, I had no idea, so that, okay. Uh, and you have got the Blackwell Academy from All Life right. is Strange. Cool. So, Gav, you've decided to go to the, the Pigeon Nation, a world where there was once war between the uh, the avian species uh, and humans, and as we all know, the, the birds won. Uh, and so, of course... <laughs> As you they know, would, yeah, yeah. You know, there was there was a lot of there was a lot of difficult cultural integra- integration between the kind of humans uh, and the birds, uh, and in many places, humans are still you know relatively rare. And so, I think as in as in Hasbro Boyfriend, you are in that game. You are the only you are the only human at the school, uh, and highly prized uh, as an attraction. <laughs> um, prized. But you are attending a different school where. Pigeons and humans. You are the first human to attend, much like Hasbro, much like the game. However, this this is a, a school in the heartlands of the particularly uh, vicious pigeons that have still harboured some resentment towards the uh, the humans against which they once fought. These are the children of some of the uh, the most zealous pigeon. Sorry, not pigeon. They're all, they're all they're all sorts of birds. These right wing pigeons that he's gone to school with. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, so you've... I've gone all this way, and I get with the racist pigeons. <laughs> well, I think you're—they're not racist. They're just perhaps very skeptical of a, of a human joining okay. the school. So okay. where, while at the uh, the the school has a boyfriend, you are a prized attraction here. You might you might face some some adversity, but uh, but we'll see. And so, uh, 
initially you are you are shunned for your lack of avian features because you know, you lack a beak and of course wings um <laughs> and so that you know that makes that makes things hard for you um uh but you make it through your first year you you keep your head down yeah there are you know there are a couple of mean comments about you know the fact that you've got you know four limbs and opposable thumbs but you know you shrug it off uh you know second year still still kind of tricky but you know you're getting a bit better you're keeping your head down and yeah the the, the dreams of uh the abyssinian conflicts still haunt you but <laughs> you know you, you're getting through it wait what, 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 what does gav eat during this does he just eat bird food yeah, I mean, you obviously have to develop like quite one. a strong constitution for <laughs> the kind of odd, you know, there's grain, yeah. kind of millet, uh, just, a, lot of, a lot of a lot of kind berries. of in, in, in sort of insect proteins. Yeah, I um, switch you got berries, don't you? Yeah. Unfortunately, some of those berries are poisonous to people, but not birds, so <laughs> that could be tricky, I suppose. Well, I mean, oh, you know, it's a school, they, they cater for, you know, different dietary requirements. Okay. Um, so different types of bird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, also maybe the rabbits for like the hawk and stuff. So, um, and yeah, you know, like after a while, it seems like, you know, sort of the pigeon, the uh, the, the other birds begin to ignore you, and then uh, you know, at the end of one, the end of one summer term, you, the uh, you're walking down the corridor, when uh, you see ahead of you in the corridor, uh, a particularly beautiful dove walking towards you. <laughs> Uh, and you, you, you keep your head down and keep walking and then all of a sudden she's right in front of you. Uh and you you know, you give your apologies and try and just kind of hurry out the way, but she stops you and you look up and you make eye contact. And for the first time you've you know, you feel like you've been noticed by someone that isn't going to criticize you for your you know, your lack of wings and your more than three toes. Uh <laughs> and you you know, you feel you develop what feels like a real connection with this bird and <clears throat> You know, Pardon for me. the for the first time in a in a world you know in a life that's been very deprived of love, and while there was certainly a fatherly if distant connection with Big Boss, you know for the first time you feel a real connection with this dove, and you begin a summer of what is you know a, a kind of a young romance. Nice, nice. You know the, the the summer holidays draw to a close, and you essentially look forward going to going back to school because for once you'll have someone to face the school year with. Uh, this is very emotional. George. Yeah, you know, it's you know, it's, it's a big moment. You've 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 come a, little, a long way in your life from you know such conflicted origins to you know what is really a you know, quite a lovely tale at high school. And you, you know, you walk up the steps, uh, and you start to notice something. The the other birds are looking at you where usually they would, you know, they would just ignore you, perhaps disdainfully. But now they're they're looking and they're laughing. <laughs> And you've never seen that before, and it's it's quite disturbing. And you you turn to look at your you know your beloved, and see that she's smiling, but then it's not a smile; she's laughing as well. Oh no! And she starts to laugh at you and berate you because why would a bird ever love you? You're a, you're a silly human. And uh, the leader of the birds comes forwards, and the whole school is laughing at you because you've been conned into this prank. She was she only she only dated you as a dare, and you're heartbroken. This is like one of those horrible nightmares you have when <laughs> yeah. you're like fourteen, except it's birds. Yeah. So and previously you were a child soldier. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> well, you know, you know, that's basically normal, but uh, the oh, okay, rest. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty damaging. That would be damaging, yeah. I mean, uh, so yeah, I'm afraid you don't have the happiest time at school. Um, just you, you know, there's a, there's a there's a lot of of just confusion and channeled anger, and luckily you managed to channel that into you know into into some academic pursuits. So you you managed to set yourself up relatively well and pass you know and to pass exams. But there's mm. you know there's a there's a real ball of issues tucked up inside you now. I mean, as, what my my parents are dead. I have lived the first half of my life as a a, a killer, a trained killer in in global conflicts, and now I have been rejected by an avian. Yeah, this is ridiculous. A, a bird you thought was the dove of your life turned out to. Oh, be a I was prank. waiting for something. I was like, summer of dove is going to appear or something like that. <laughs> Don't Good disappoint. One. You don't disappoint. <laughs> it's tragic. It's so emotional. It yeah. is very emotional. Gosh. So my 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 pick now. I feel like that with that, that. Yeah. So where where would you like to attend school? Maybe. Oh, it's got to be Blackwell Academy. Um, partly because I have no idea what the Overwatch one is, uh, and also because you know after having a serious drug problem, get getting into some arts is is probably therapeutic. So yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. So yeah, you uh you attend Blackwell Academy in the uh in this kind of leafy rural American countryside. Oh, uh, I'm not quite sure where it is. It's like sort of north, probably northwest coastal somewhere. Is it Michigan? Oregon, I think. Oregon. There's woods and it's sort of temperate. Yeah. One of those states. Um, but yeah, so you attend uh, attend this high school, Blackwell Academy, and. Uh, you know, you kind of quickly become this kind of quirky, quirky team with a real kind of penchant for for taking Polaroid pictures of everything. <laughs> it's um, like a drug use. <laughs> a real yeah, and drug use. <laughs> however, you are still haunted by uh, by your drug use because, of course, there are kind of shakes, and, skooma uh, withdrawals. <laughs> you know, you. You, you, know, you, you get the things that you can find, whether it's huffing glue, huffing glue, <laughs> drug substitutes. But it, you're in a bad place uh, until one day uh, a, a teacher is walking past your locker and notices the uh, kind of festooned amount of Polaroids kind of tacked up inside inside the locker, uh, and and he takes notice and he says, "What are your what are your plans? Uh, you know, next year, uh, what class are you taking?" And, you said you haven't made up your mind, and he says, "Well, why don't you give photography a try? I think you've got some real talent." Uh, and and you give it a go, and this teacher really believes in you. Uh, oh you look into Mr. Jefferson's dreamy eyes, <laughs> and you know you kind of feel you feel kind of happier. And you know there are you know there are times after class where he's noticed you know you're clearly struggling with things, and he takes you aside and sits you down and you you talk through your issues uh and he he's able to help you out and and in time you're managing to you manage to kick the drug habit uh and under his tutelage you know you you develop some really good photography skills and and if it ends you end this you know your, your school career ends with a kind of a heartfelt moment where he tells you that he's proud of you and that you've really come along as a young photographer and it's just a, it's a nice moment okay 
and then you Work. see all the birds laughing at you. No, so, <laughs> you, you you actually yeah. had a nice time. Okay, good. I've really got the short end of the stick, haven't I? You really did. You really did. Especially because I know that this what happened in life is strange as well. So I was really waiting for something bad to happen there. Yeah, I mean, isn't nice. the spoilers? Isn't he like a a child molester or something? Or is this a different teacher? Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I haven't played the game. Oh, so we won't spoil it for you then. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I just People... did. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, because I'm going to have to tell my girlfriend not to listen to this now, because <laughs> I, I, she's played it, and so I was getting her research. Do you she's, want... she's, she's only three episodes in, just, so I you can just like bit. You can just, like, beep it and beep yeah, my, yeah. Whole th- my whole thing. Yeah, like a, so I imagine. Like, I did uh, a swear. Yeah, that would be... So I didn't I didn't know that, but, yeah. Well, there's a twist. There's a dark twist that I didn't see coming. <laughs> literally episode four, Dark Room, you'll see. It, yeah, I was very much waiting. I was like, okay, so when... <laughs> I, I got got, see? Adventure. Oh, yeah. Adventure. Well, I had a nice time. I mean, everyone I'm basically a, You don't play the game of life. The game of life plays you. Yeah. Damn. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm healed. Yeah. So that was good. I mean, Gav had a shit time, but. <laughs> I didn't make any good decisions. No. No. I mean, yep. the birds, really. <laughs> Much like my, my actual life, I have not made any good decisions in my video game life. Yeah, well, you. So, I mean, had uh, had I rolled better, you would have also met a certain pigeon, but that pigeon would have turned out to be a pudding deity. Oh well, uh, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, that he was, doesn't like pudding. That was that was the other outcome. Uh, who was who was a bird that is the lord of pudding and would have turned everything into pudding, which is good. Is that an actual thing from that game? <laughs> you made yeah, that it, it, No, it's an actual thing from that game. You could meet a bird that turns out to be a deity, a deity of pudding. Okay. And the game, the game can end where he turns everything into pudding. <laughs> All right, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, sure. But he is, of course, at the, the the pigeon academy where they like pit, where they like hum- well, they like the one human there. Uh, yeah, maybe you could have ended up not invited to uh, join the vortex club, which would have crippled your self esteem uh, uh, and led to some dodgy issues there. Well, there you go. Dodge the so there we go. <clears throat> Yeah, what were your well, what was your your yeah uh your better option for Skyrim would have been you're taken in by a kindly wizard and taught some basic magic. <laughs> uh and the good option for Metal Gear Solid was you, you you're just you just get the trauma, but there's no bodily injury. <laughs> the good option was still pretty bad. <laughs> that was good. Uh, I enjoyed yeah, that. So you, Are you gonna yeah. do our adulthood and I will so death perhaps years. yeah, so we can uh version to adulthood next time is that what's next cool so, for all of our listeners who've become extremely emotionally invested in our in our fortunes mm. they can find out where we where we finally end up when old age and the grave <laughs> beckons yes well, i mean i mean next up you've got uh you've got universities ah. which is interesting because that's not that's not that's something that's perhaps even less covered than high school transitional stage yeah i was gonna cover i was gonna add persona and bully but i <laughs> As they would have been good school um, ones as well. The bully universe is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that game is so weird. Uh, yeah. So yeah, next time, university and first jobs. Awesome. Nice. It's exciting. There so, are, folks, tune in next time for more bad times for Gavin. <laughs> I know. I mean, to be honest, I mean, at least I imagine the bad roll for the for the first one. I don't know what that would have been. Wait. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not. I don't really trust this dice. I feel like it's. What would the, <laughs> did, I, did I get the good roll in Metal Gear? Or did no, I get you, the bad roll? You got the bad roll because you're, you're missing your ear, remember? 
Oh, okay, right. Because, I mean, I'd assume that being taken in by Big Boss was a decent outcome. Either way, you were going to get taken in by Big Boss. Oh, okay, okay. You, had to, you had to survive childhood. All roads lead to Big Boss. But on the other hand, I would have been able to appreciate stereo audio tracks. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. those cassettes are only like half good to me now. <laughs> half of it's playing in one ear and you're not hearing the lyrics properly. <laughs> yeah. you, only get, you only get the backup singers. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. It's good thing we record this podcast in mono. Exactly. <laughs> For all of you one-year deal listeners out there. Exactly. Just consider it. And um, so, is this our longest podcast yet? That is. That like because we went, we went into that at the hour mark, and I was like, nice, we're going to get a little concise feature out, and then look, we finished that, and I was like, oh shit, where'd all that time go? Yeah, I was thinking like a good ninety minutes, like round, but yeah, that didn't that didn't pan out. No, oh well. But was, never enough. Never enough. We had good it fun. Was, it was worth it. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so I'll I'll wrap up then. Um, we'll probably look into doing another book club book club um in the future i don't know what yep. what's next on the list but we'll uh, i think and... uh i think there's an idea for kind of going on from i think there was like 10 things we can learn from video games which i think is a similar kind of psychological thing but very cool. specifically video game related that's good yeah yeah much more yeah we'll specific. get back to you next week on that yes yeah with more on what it is and yeah awesome um so uh wrap up stuff is uh you can also follow us on twitter at bits plus pieces on instagram at those bits and pieces on facebook at those bits and pieces and if you've not found this with website attached we are at bits and pieces dot games gosh i just find that really difficult to remember everything I should really write it down. Yeah, or we'll, we'll just, or we'll just, you know, go like there'll be a link to the website in this. You, you can find true, all our social yeah. stuff there. That is true. It'll all be in this. You um, know how to use the internet. Oh, I don't think they do. Vaguely, um, I don't trust them. I just thought so, we were talking about. Where, us. where can people find you on Twitter, Navi? Uh, they can find me at Nevada Drew on Twitter. That's probably the best place to catch me. And um, what about you guys? Uh, you can find me. I'm at underscore scruffy looking, and I'm. At Gav Bits. Gav and his bits. Gav. Super. Right. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Goodbye. See you later. Goodbye. Bye.